This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. So this sermon this morning is a two-fold message. I want to preach to you, and then I want to share with you about your local church. And today's message is simply called 2020 Vision. 2020 Vision. Just out of curiosity, does anybody know for sure that you have 2020 eyesight when it comes to your eyesight? If you got 2020 vision, raise your hand. I don't like any of you. You used to be my friends, and now I just can't stand you. I had to pay $3,000 to get decent eyesight. It's called LASIK surgery. Scariest day of my life. My eyeballs popped right out of my head. Chainsaw went right over it. It was awful. But I can see distance-wise, John. I know that's you sitting there. But if somebody were to run up here like my little girls do now, they'll come in and say, look, Dad, look. And I just got to take three or four steps back. I can't even see what they're showing me. My, 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 my close-range vision's suffering, but my far-range uh, vision's all right. We're going to help uh, have a little fun starting out. If you'll help me with our first image, and I want us to take the house lights down just a little bit to help with the glow. And... Uh, before we get started, I see my sister here. Oh my God, Sadie's here. I didn't know Sadie. Is, yeah, and my brother-in-law. I'm sorry, Mark. I recognize my sister and my niece before you. I recognize my family uh, that's here today. I love them to death, and I'm glad that they're here. My sister is older than me. <laughs> but I'm a giant in her eyes. My parents planned well. I'm six foot seven in my sister's eyes. She's only four foot something. She's the only person I have in my world. Even Esme don't look up to me anymore. <laughs> all right, y'all, get, get this. All right, if all of you that had 20-20 vision, in this image is every letter, letter of the alphabet. It's in this image. If you see a letter, th- this is one of those interactive sermon times that will not go over on the church app. When people listen to this, they're going to be thinking, well, I don't understand what's going on. He's talking to people in the audience. They should have come to church. And they would, enter, they would know what this is. If you see a letter, raise your hand. I want to hear from Jacob. What you got? F. F. Is that how you did in school? Is that why you were, were you attracted to that letter? Who sees A? See that? See that? Me and you, we saw F. Everybody else saw A. Miguel, what letter do you see, Miguel? N. Okay, all right. Marshall, do you see one? What? M for Marshall. Marshall Middleton, double M. You're just fixated on M's. Susan Farmer, what do you see? What was it? B for Brandon. I thank you for that. Anybody see up on the up on the uh, up on the ceiling? You see T. How about the chandelier? J for Jesus. What about the left bookcase? V for victory. What about the far left? C for Charlie. Any Charlies here? Is there anybody named Charlie here? No Charlies? We need revival. We need a Charlie in this church. How about, that, how about the right chair? See the letter D? Look at the mantle. P. And what is that? G? And then an R over the fireplace. Everybody say vision. 
All right, let's go to the second image. We're going to test you. We're going to test you on this one. Now, hey, hold up. I'm talking. Hey, look close. Raise your hand when you see the elephant in the second image. This is the second one. Look closely. I'm going to help you out. Look for the elephant. If you see it, I want to raise your hand. We got something for you. You see the elephant? Honey, there is no elephant in this image. There's going to be an altar call for lying. As soon as I said, we've got something for you, she went, I got it. I see the trunk. See the tusk. Now, what do I get for sin? There is no elephant. You don't get anything except embarrassed. Look at that right chair. See the number eight? For my Spanish brethren, it's ocho. What about the, the, the left chair? C-S? S-A, maybe. Look on the stove. Do you see that little one snuck in on us? W. Look on the table. You see L? Anybody see the hot chocolate? Well, it looks good, don't it? All right, change that. Change the image. Here we go. Everybody say vision. vision. Man, 2020, eyesight is a blessing. But when you can have 2020 over your life's vision, it's even better. Proverbs 29 and 18 says it this way. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, for all of you that have a smartphone with the Bible on it, or maybe you even have a paper copy of this, the message transliteration of Scripture of Proverbs 29 18 is really special. This is what it says. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I got something for you this morning. Think about this with me. Do you want to spend the rest of your life stumbling all over yourselves? Or do you want to walk uprightly in the blessings of God? Because how it comes down is, do you have a vision for your life? Now, I'm not saying that you're one of these, but I'm admitting that I'm one of these. If you're not careful, you can confuse having goals for having vision. And there's a difference in having a goal in life and having a vision. A vision is not what job you want. A vision is not what house you will build. A vision is not a vacation you'll take. A vision is not anything that's goal-oriented. A vision comes from your desires, your passions, and a word that you hear often in the pulpit at Calvary Church. A vision is birthed from your purpose. And let me go a little further with this. Every single one of you in this room, whether you be, I was told earlier today, where's a, uh, where's a, there she is, Olivia. 
And I know, is Emily here? Is Emily Shepherd in, in here? Or is she working at Calvary's Kids today? Emily Shepherd, Olivia, you just had a birthday, right? Was I told correctly? It's this upcoming Wednesday. I'm, I'm a prophet. I knew something was coming in your life. How old are you going to be, sweetie? 13. Anybody in the room older than 13? Okay, whether you be Olivia at 13 or one of us that are old, here's the cool part. Every single one of us were made on purpose for a purpose and with a purpose. You're not an accident. Even if your mom and daddy laugh casually and say, we weren't planning on little Johnny. <laughs> Our little Susie, she, was just, she just kind of showed up. Well, guess what? Not in the eyes of God. No one is an accident. You were made on purpose with a purpose, and for a purpose. The quicker you get this, the better off all of us will be that know you, and the better off you will be. Check this out. You have a purpose in this life. It's not a job. It's not, uh, it's not a role to be played out. There is something God had in mind that would be done on this earth, and he made you and equipped you to do it. He didn't make you and then said, what can I do with him? He made you because he already had a reason for you and he needed you equipped just the way you're equipped to bring about the miracle of God working through a man or a woman to bring about his kingdom on earth. Someone clap your hands to the Lord this morning. Amen. <clears throat> so, again, I ask you, do you have a 2020 vision of what your life's vision is? And to be fair, there are many of you in this room that are not sure if you have a vision. You have some goals, but you're not quite sure if you have a vision because you've yet to come to know your purpose. And one reason that Calvary Church exists and we happen to be kicking off next Sunday, the first Sunday of September, our, 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 our growth track that we call it. And we want to partner with you and help you as a ministry staff and helping you discover your purpose. Once you know your purpose, the Holy Spirit can reveal to you a bigger vision than just a goal. Amen, everybody? Amen. All right, let's work a little bit through this today. Let's work through this. Matthew chapter 25. In the book of Matthew chapter 25, we have a story told. It involves talents, but it's not so much talents like you can run fast or hit a ball far or, or, or stuff like that or sing on a note or play an instrument. Talents in this particular reference is actually money. It's money. It was just referred to as a talent, as an increment of currency. So for our discussion, we're just going to say dollars because that's what all we, uh, that's what, how we utilize our, our currency is through dollars. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 and on, you'll see three different people that were given something from their boss. The Bible says the master. One person was given $5,000. Another person was given 2000 And a third person was given 1000 
the man with the 5,000, when the, when the boss returned from his trip, he had taken that man's $5,000 and he had doubled it. The man with the $2,000, Greg, he had taken that 2,000 and he had doubled that. But the third man that was given 1,000, he didn't lose it. He just didn't do anything with it to bring multiplication, not even addition to what he was given. And if you want something to write down, if you want something to share on social media, here's a powerful statement. God does not reward faithfulness. He rewards fruitfulness. Now, the Bible tells us that he's pleased by faith. The Bible tells us it's impossible to, to please God without faith, but faith, faith produces multiplication because what do we know about faith? Faith is, a, is active. Faith works. Faith is not passive. Faith is active. So it's by faith that we please God, but God rewards fruitfulness. So when the master shows up to this cat that took $5,000 and now he's got 10, man, the master high fives him, hugs him and says, you're incredible, job well done. When he, when he goes across the living room over there to the man with the 2,000, now he's got four, he high fives him and he says, incredible job, job well done. I'm so happy for you and I'm proud of you. But then something interesting happens when he goes to the man that had the 1,000 and he didn't do anything with it. We actually see the parable teaching us that the master in the character in the story was not happy at all. And the master actually points his finger and says, what did you do the whole time that I was gone? You knew I was returning. Why did you take what I gave you and just kept it for your own? Why didn't you do something with it? Why didn't you snowball it? Why didn't you invest it? Why didn't you work it, what I've given you? Now I'm, I've come home and this guy's, he's doubled the five. This guy's doubled the two. I gave you one and you didn't do anything with it. Y'all ready for this? You did not lose what I gave you, but you sure did not make the most of your opportunity. And there's a few things I wanna show you out of this story that involves us. It involves you and it involves me. It involves everyone in this room today. And here they are. Number one, this story teaches me that if you're gonna have success and this is not some motivational speech that you're gonna hear from your HR department. I'm talking about biblical, godly, spiritual success in your walk with God, which does, by the way, finger out into your earthly success. But if you're gonna have success, if you're gonna have advancement, it's gonna come from work. And that's not a cuss word. You can't run from the word work. It's not dirty. It's not foul. It's biblical. And God honors working believers. 
and let the church say amen. Here's where a lot of us make our mistake because right now you're instantly thinking I'm talking about working on a shovel or on a computer, clocking in on your job, and some of you need that sermon. But what this sermon's about is working in your faith and working in your relationship with God. Okay? Because here's a good example, what I'm about to show you. A lot of Christians make this poor judgment call that when they are saved, they give their hearts to Jesus Christ, Dylan and Crystal. They come and they give their life to Christ. They repent of their sins and he, and he, and he calls them son and daughter. They think they've just been given their bus ticket to heaven and now all they gotta do is go do whatever they wanna do and wait for the bus. Whether it's by death or whether it's by the calling away of the church known as the rapture, they just got to wait for the bus. And the truth of the matter is, once you get your bus ticket, so to speak, until the bus gets here, we don't have to sit around and wait. We're called on to be busy working to get more people on the bus. <laughs> I don't know if you're catching this this morning, but the greatest success you'll ever accomplish working for the master is when he returns, you've got more than what he gave you. Tomorrow at 2 p.m., I will have the privilege of taking the pulpit at Mountain Valley Funeral Home and leaving my remarks for Miss Dorothy Snyder. A few Sundays ago, I hugged and said my goodbyes to a man of this congregation named Doug Weaver that is being transferred to the state of Colorado. I thanked him for his years of faithful serving in this church where you'll be able to connect the dots between what my, my, my friend Dorothy that just passed and my friend Doug that just moved, how they're connected is this. Doug came to know the Lord Jesus standing in his backyard talking over a chain link fence to Miss Dorothy Snyder. Dorothy had worked for God in Japan. She had worked for God in Liberia. She had taught the word of God in Bible colleges from California to Missouri to you name it. But yet in her own backyard in Burleson, Texas, she reached over a chain link fence and said, let me tell you about Jesus and let me get you a bus ticket to heaven. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, the master is gone. Christ ascended to heaven. And there will be a day, if you're wondering if it's true, it is true, there'll be a day when the trumpet blows and Christ shall return for his church and when the good old gospel bus returns, you've got your ticket, but my question is, how many people are you putting on board? Because if you're gonna have biblical success, it's not about how much money you've made, it's not what you've done in this life for your own blessing. It's what you've done that has eternal value and weight. And the only thing going to heaven are people. So what have you done for the master? Somebody clap your hands to the Lord.
unless you're Eddie, he'll get a special crown for that water. <laughs> Check it out, y'all. Listen to me, man. I can't preach it strong enough. God wants to find us busy producing for his kingdom. How long has it been since you've told someone about Jesus? There's someone here today in this service that before you go home, I'm gonna have the privilege of leading you to Jesus. Because someone invited you to church today or possibly you stumbled in here on your own, but your heart's, it's primed and your heart's ready. And just in the next few moments, you're gonna have the opportunity to respond to the love of Jesus. The second thing I wanna share with you from Matthew 25 concerning the 5,000 being doubled and the 2,000 being doubled. Two different increments, both were doubled and both were rewarded with the same reward. And here's why. Because God has already given you every single thing you personally need to make a difference in this world. You don't have to go study for it. You don't have to go work for it. You don't have to go looking for it. What you were created to accomplish, you've been given. On this very day, the 28th of August, 2016, you are equipped. Someone say equipped. You are equipped to fulfill the purpose that God has in your life. Me? You. You have it. But Pastor Tommy, what I'm thinking that I need, I need to go to Bible college. No, you don't. What, what I need, I, I, I need to have more understanding of the scripture. No, you don't. All those things are healthy and good, but you were created for a purpose and God's already given you exactly what you need. My question is, what are you doing with what you've already been given? Because what we are, we're all guilty of this. I will do whenever I receive. You know, I'll start tithing when I get a raise. I'll start praying when I've got time. I'll start worshiping when I like the song. I'll go to Louisiana if I knew how to do this and that. We always want to put conditions on what we want to do until we receive something. And listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, oh, hallelujah. Watch this. Nothing's released from heaven until something's released from earth. Nothing. You've got to take a step by faith in the now in order for God to release something into your life. Man with 5,000 doubled it to 10. Man with 2,000 doubled it to four. And what we probably are all guilty of thinking about right now is, and they got the same reward? That's not fair. We live in a society, our culture, where we are, we're always looking for what's not fair. I've got two little kids and I promise you, are gonna pick themselves up off the ground pretty soon if they keep asking, well, that's not fair. Don't tell CPS I just said that. What I meant was I was gonna lay hands on them and pray for them so hard that the Holy Spirit, it was gonna follow them out. They're gonna fall out, fall out, fall out. They don't call me Pastor Benny for nothing. You know, I just pray for them, fall out. Fall out. Fall out. Man, <laughs> the complete side note. I can't believe I'm getting so distracted, but check this out. When I was traveling, fancying myself like an evangelist, I always wondered, why nobody fall out when I pray for them? <laughs> I hear all these stories, people laying hands on people, people falling out. Man, I found myself every now and then just going, 
pushing a little bit until one old boy went, what you doing? I went, nothing, 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 nothing. We're good. I just seeing, you know, just, just seeing. I'm convinced less people would fall out if more preachers would have a breath mint close. <laughs> Somebody say, get back on topic, pastor. I will. I'm going to get back on topic. Check it out. We always want to say, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. You want me to set you free, man? This is the greatest word you're going to hear. This will set you free. God's not judging you based on someone else. He wants to know what are you doing with what you've been given. That's why, that's, why the, that's why God's vision for stewardship is not comparing one to the other. God's vision for stewardship, known as the tithe, it comes down to a man making $3 an hour or a man making $300 an hour. It doesn't matter. God wants to know, are you willing to put me first with the 10th? Because I'm not worried about the three. I'm not worried about the 300. I'm just worried about your heart. Are you willing to put me first with the 10th? He rewarded the man that put five and made it 10 with the same reward that he took on the man that took two and made it four. Because everybody has a different bandwidth. Everyone has a different capacity. Everyone has different potential. Everyone comes from different backgrounds. Everyone has different experiences. That's why everyone has a different vision because everyone has a different purpose because you were uniquely formed by God for a unique niche reason. And my third thing I wanna tell you from Matthew 25, it dovetails into this. You will be judged as an individual based on what you've done with what you've been given. And that's why he celebrated the man that took five and made it 10. He celebrated the one that took the two and made it four, but he looked at the one that played it safe the one that was just happy to be used and he took a thousand and he never did anything with it. And the master said, well, I appreciate you. I understand you didn't lose anything, but you missed your opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen in this room, what opportunities are you missing in this life? What are you missing? How many t-ball games are you going to miss because you're just determined to get those 20 of overtime? How many Sunday mornings are you going to miss because, well, we tried to get up and at it, but we just couldn't figure it out? Trust me, when he hits 13 or 14, you wish that you would have had them eight years earlier in the house of God. You're missing some opportunities. You're getting distracted in some areas that are not worth it. Do you have a vision? And if you do, do you have 2020 vision of your vision? You're just one step away from pulling this whole thing together and letting it be a blessing for you. Or you could continue to stumble through life because you've yet to see what God wants to do in your life. 
If you'll humble yourself before the Lord, if you'll call on the name of the Lord, if you'll repent of your sins and ask the Lord Jesus in your heart, if you'll sincerely ask him to take you on this journey of, of finding your freedom from all of your life's issues, he will reveal why he made you the way he made you. Have you ever looked in the mirror? And not based on physical, but have you ever asked yourself, I wonder why I am, how I am, who I am, why? Because God's got a purpose in your life. And if you'll sincerely listen to this preacher this morning and get clarity on your life's vision, you've got a bandwidth and a capacity to change the world. Check this out. You've got a dream, but you've got to reach for the dream. It's not going to come to pass without you putting your faith into gear, working it out, and doing well with what God's given you. Somebody say amen. amen. Now let me, let me shift. I told you that I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about the vision of Calvary Church and the reason I chose this particular Sunday is the month of August has been a, kind of an kind of up and down roller coaster kind of month pulpit wise. We've accomplished a lot of good things this month, but it's been kind of sporadic. Uh, we've had we've had multiple speakers in the pulpit. We've had we we worked through graduations. Uh, I'm sorry, back to school Sunday. We worked through uh, we worked through uh, a, a very blessed, beautiful Sunday of Bishop Ron's ministry. That was a win for him and a win for us. It was a beautiful partnership of God's special touch. But I also know where we're going. We're back in school. We got the holidays several weeks down the road and we're about to hit a season that I feel could be an incredible season for this church, which overlaps into being an incredible season for you. Next month, the month of September, I'll be preaching a series that I purposely have put together to be a welcoming series to all of your friends and family. I promise you I would never do anything to embarrass you. I want you to bring, bring people with you this next month. It's gonna be a great series called Inquiring Minds Wanna Know. And I'm just gonna be talking about a few topics that I know is on everybody's brain. And I wanna talk about it from the word of the Lord. Here's why this church exists. I would love for a Lucy Finn in the Alvarado School District to be able to say at her age, are you 12 or 13? How old are you? You're 12. At 12 years old, I would love for Lucy Finn to be able to tell someone why her church exists. All the way to my friend, Mr. Craig Stevenson at Lockheed. I would love for him if he were to happen to be on a break and someone asked him about his faith or possibly about his church. I would love for him to have a response other than just an address, other than just a website. And let me share it with you. Because over the next several weeks and moving into our future, you're just gonna continually hear this vision. And it's not a new vision. It was the same vision that was started when this church was planted by the Davis family over almost 60 years ago now. It was the same vision that was while Bishop Ron was pastoring the church. But I wanna put it in very simple words to where it will be on your mind and in your heart. This church exists for this purpose, that lost people can be saved. 
this church exists that saved people can be pastored. This church exists that pastored people can be trained up to where those trained people can go and make a difference. This, ladies and gentlemen, if you're on your A game, this is what I call the core at Calvary Church. This church wants everybody to have an opportunity to know God, to find freedom from their life's issues, to be set free in a way that they can find their purpose and to be sent and blessed and anointed of God to where they can make a difference in someone else's life. That's why moving into the fall, these Sunday morning services, they're not gonna really be about the church. They're gonna be about the guest because I wanna preach Jesus where they can hear the gospel and respond. That's why on September 11th, we're launching our fall semester of small groups of which I'm so thrilled and excited because it's in those small group relationships where you can be set free and experience the sanctification of God. Your salvation, it happens in an instant. But your sanctification and you being freed up of some of the junk you've had to deal with, that's gonna take some time. And I don't want you to do it by yourself. We wanna do it with you. That's why next Sunday we start our growth track and we're gonna help a whole bunch of brand new people at Calvary Church find their purpose. If you're new to this church or if you're considering your relationship with us, I'd love for you to go online and register for next Sunday's growth track. We'll feed you, we'll treat you real good, we'll take care of your children. We wanna get you on that track of finding your purpose. And then last but not least, the reason why we have opportunity to serve is not for jobs to be done, but for you to be made whole. Because when you're serving, God is ministering to your deepest of need. Your very deepest need in your life, whether you even realize it or not, that is to make a difference in someone else's. And we want to help you with that. Let me find a place to close here today. I'm going to forego an official altar call, but I want to talk to you that are here You've never given your life to Jesus. Don't try to get the what before the why. Why do you need to give your life to Jesus? This is as strong and as straight as you'll hear it from a preacher today because your eternity rests on the line. There's gonna be a day where you'll be buried in the ground at your funeral and that's as strong as you're gonna hear it. Or there'll be a day that the rapture takes place and everything you've always heard actually happens. And it's on those two accounts that you'll spend eternity, either with Christ or apart from him. And it's my privilege to be able to look each and every one of you in the eye and tell you that he loves you just as you are right now. And the only thing he requires of you is for you to reach out and accept his love because when you're in a loving relationship with Christ all the other things will work out because you want to please him and you want to get to know him better I want you to stand this morning it's the greatest part of my days on Sunday is the opportunity to pray with someone to lead them to Jesus 
there are young people here today, junior high and high school, you've never given your heart to Jesus. I know you're a part of the youth group and I know you're here in church, but have you made a personal, a personal relationship start with you and Jesus Christ? There's others of you here today, maybe Calvary's your church home and you've been here for a while and through the things of life and through the pressures of this world, maybe your heart's drifted. Would you let me lead you back to Jesus before we go home and get back into the routine? I want you to bow your heads. If you're here in this closing service of our time at Calvary Church today and you would like to take this incredible opportunity of asking Jesus into your heart I want you to just quickly raise your hand and I want to pray for you if you need to bring Jesus into your world and accept him into your heart lift your hand quickly lift it high I want to see you I see you right there Lift it high. I really want to see you. I see you in the back. I can't see your face, but I see your hand. I see you right here. I see you, sir. Is there anyone else before I pray? Dear Lord Jesus, these are my words, God, and my words are just simply an encouragement to the men and the women that have their hand lifted to join me and let this become their words because God You're an individual saving God. You want to save this man and that woman. So right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let them be encouraged to say these same words and mean it from their very being and from the depths of their heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. My mind and my heart My conscience tells me that they're not where they need to be. But I've heard a word today and I'm ready to respond. And I give you my past. I give you my now. And I believe in you for my tomorrow. You are my Lord and Savior. I'm not claiming to be perfect because of this prayer. But I'm claiming that you're perfect. And I want to come under your covering. And I accept for me what you did in my place on the cross. I give you my heart. Now lead me, Lord Jesus, in your word. Let me connect greater to you in a deeper way. And Father, I'm willing to become a student. Take the will of my life and coach me, teach me, disciple me. I'm willing to learn. I want to have a better vision of what it is you're wanting to accomplish in me and through me. And it's for your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. And let everybody say amen. Can we congratulate these this morning? Yeah, that's awesome. For you, you all have another step to take. For some of you, it's to get your hide down here and say, man, I'm ready to go to Louisiana. For others of you, it's 
get your hide down here and say, I can't go because I don't know the difference in a hammer and a golf club, but here's a couple dollars to help. For others of you, it's, hey, I heard you talk about this thing called growth track. Not really sure what it all is, but I think me and my family are ready to commit. I need you to get signed up for that. For others of you, it's, hey, do y'all baptize here? Because I think I'm ready to be baptized. Yeah, we'll do that too. Everybody has another step. I'm just asking you to take yours. Take your next step. God bless you. I love you guys. And I'll see you Wednesday night at seven o'clock for midweek. God bless you. You're dismissed.